what I have noticed is that so many people, no matter what's happening, it's something new and they get scared and they get paralyzed instead of just shifting and figure out, okay, what do I do in this season? They kind of just quit. Yeah. And that's the worst thing you can do. Just lean in, figure out what can't, because uh, investing in real estate, it's always a good time. You just have to figure out what's working now, how to do this, what, you know, what to stop doing, what to start doing. So I love that you've made it through all of those, all of these seasons and you didn't quit. Without Fear of Her Future podcast is for women who are passionately pursuing financial freedom, using multiple streams of income and real estate to accomplish their goals. We're here to empower you to be brave and dream big. Design a life that you love that inspires others to do the same. I'm your host, Teresa Todd, founder of the Women's Real Estate Investors Network and author of the book, Without Fear of Her Future. Over the past two years, I've had over 300,000 women join my masterclass where I teach women how to become successful real estate investors. Today, we are sitting down with Liz Faircloth, co-founder of Real Estate Invest Her and the DeRosa Group. In 2004, Liz and her husband bought their very first investment property. Since then, they have grown their business to over 1,500 units and $60 million of residential and commercial assets throughout the East Coast. Along the way, Liz met Andressa Didelli, and together they formed Real Estate Invest Her a mastermind group for women in real estate. Liz, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Tressa, for having me and excited to be here with you. Well, I am so excited to have you. I know our listeners are absolutely going to love hearing from you today. Um, Very, very impressive. So tell me, uh, how long have you been investing and how did you get started? Yeah, I've been, it's almost 17 years. (laughs) Wow. I'm dating myself, but yeah, my my um at the time my boyfriend and I now husband uh started investing together. Uh, I was getting my degree in social work, uh, getting my master's degree in social work. Wanted to be a therapist, opened my own practice, and I went straight on from college to graduate school. So I was in my mid twenties. Now you know I met my my then boyfriend. We started uh, chatting, talking about our lives, and and at the same time my brother in law, who was the only entrepreneur I knew, uh, didn't even know what an entrepreneur was growing up. Uh, handed me Rich Dad, Poor Dad um, and said, you really need to read this. And so that really, like so many, kind of shifted so many things for me in the sense of like things I never knew that was possible, you know, yeah. in terms of passive income and just all those sort of things. So it really shifted my trajectory. I actually ended up getting a job in consulting and really doing sales because in that book, it says one of the most important skills you need to have uh, to be successful in entrepreneurship is, and certainly investing is, is sales. So, um, and at the same time, my husband and I started taking classes. We took about a year and a half of our, our local RIA, which was dig right in Philadelphia. And, uh, we bought our first duplex after lots of door knocking and calling for rent ads and just old school, you know, Uh 2004 strategies, to be honest. So uh, that was kind of how we got our start buying a duplex uh, after lots of no's and door knocking and really walking for dollars. Yes. Good boy. That's exactly how I got started as well. (laughs) I absolutely love it. Wouldn't take anything for those days and what I learned doing those real tangible things. Agreed. You know, and it, it really starts to, you know, it really starts to give you that, that experience of 
you know, going after what you want and, yep. and building upon what you want. And we didn't have money. We had no experience. We were in our twenties. Him and I had no kind of like reason to, to start. If you, if that makes yeah, any sense. Absolutely. So absolutely. Yes. I, I remember all of the conversations and uh, getting back in my car after a conversation and thinking, Oh, I should have said this, or I wish I had said that, or why in the world did I say this? So you just learn so much when you actually get out there and, and do, do the things. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And and it gives you that real life experience rather than absolutely. just going to the to the to the local meetings and just talking yeah. about talking about investing. The theory. Right? Yeah. It's actual experience versus theory. Yeah. Well, what are some key lessons that you've learned to get this far in invest in the investing game? Yeah, you know, so so after that, my husband and I ended up getting we got married in 05. And then I started really working, um, you know, in, in consulting and he really took on the role. We were, were a lot of different role, hats around along the way. But, you know, initially I, I was the one like, let me keep working. Let me let me, you know, so one yeah. of us makes some money. And um, <laughs> and then we started our business. So, so learn, learn lessons. There's been so many. Uh, and I think we really got I think we were really able to scale and grow when we got focused. Uh, and, and I was just recording a podcast today about this. And, and so many times, especially maybe it was naivety, maybe it was youth, maybe it was uh, lack of experience. It could be in all those things together. But, you know, you get a little, you could get very, you know, distracted in this business. And especially yeah. as the economy shifts, I mean, you know, 08 to 2010 to yeah. COVID. Each time as I've seen different things happening in our economy, our local economy, national economy, our global economy, you know, it changes strategy, right? It yeah. changes some of the things. So one, you have to align with what's happening, but you also can't get distracted. And I guess there's a little bit of a balance. So one thing I, I, I've learned is to, the power of focus mm -hmm. and really creating like a, a proof of concept, right? Like a rinse and repeat. And in, in a lot of ways, when you start to scale, it should be boring. You know, I mean, you're tweaking things. You should be yeah. versus literally starting. I mean, we got involved in five different niches simultaneously. You can't be good at anything. You know, right. I don't care who you are. Uh, so those are really big learned lessons. And then we we made it through 08. You know, we had some properties we had to hold as rentals. We ended up having as oh, I'm sorry, we had a, we wanted to flip, but we held as rentals. And, you know, we got we got just, you know, beat up a lot because we, yeah. we didn't get focused. And then it was 2010 when we really started to say, what are we having success with? And then small yeah. multis was that for us. And we started raising money and we've really built our, our business with, with other people too, um, in terms of investors. So uh, not that it's all perfect now. I mean, just because you're scaling and you're growing, you have your own challenges. Yeah. You just but at have... least you're focused. You know? Yes. I love it. Love it. You know, talking about just the different errors that you go through. I've only been doing this since 2017, but just even that every year is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And what I have noticed is that so many people, no matter what's happening, it's something new and they get scared and they get paralyzed instead of just shifting and figure out, okay, what do I do in this season? They kind of just quit. Yeah. And that's the worst thing you can do. Just it lean in, thing. figure out what can't, because uh, investing in real estate, it's always a good time. You just have to figure out what's working now, how to do this, what, you know, what to stop doing, what to start doing. So yep. I love that you've made it through all of those, all of these seasons and you didn't quit, just kept shifting. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing that, you know, you start to say is that's what keeps you going is, is not, not the ability not to quit. And, mm -hmm. and so, 
um, there was a lot of moments that were for most people really good times to quit. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And and you start to say, you know, and, and it's also what you're learning from every experience. If you start to have a lot of different experiences, you also have to say, okay, what's what is mine to own here? Like what what responsibility am I taking in this yeah. contractor taking money or properties going uh, you know, over schedule, over budget, yeah. the long list of things that can go on, especially when you're renovating properties and, and you're in that business but you have to take ownership and you have to shift something. So you don't oh. keep repeating it. There's things we have control over, but like ultimately what do we, what do you have control yes. over? Yes. Oh, so. wow. That is so good, Liz. So good. So good. Okay. So now you co-founded the real estate company with your husband. So tell us how it, what is it like working so closely with your husband? Yeah. Right. We're, we're actually writing a book right now, investing with your spouse. Cause I, <laughs> I feel like we've been through so many different things and so many seasons together. Yeah. Um, and you know, you really, so many people, you, you see it, Tressa, I'm sure in your community, um, this is an investment business. This is not something like, Oh, I'm getting involved in uh, a club. Like this is a big commitment of time yes. and money and, and energy. So mm -hmm. it's really tough to do secretly or not to have your, your spouse, to support on some level. Yeah. So it's a big conversation. So, you know, we over the years have like literally worked hand in hand. I've worked strategically in the business. I've worked, uh, you know, same with him. So we've had to wear a lot of different hats. And there was a point around 08, which the market didn't help, you know, the crash, yeah. quite honestly. And we were kind of living off savings. I had quit my job the same time the market crashed. Um, and we really weren't making enough with our our rentals or you know, anything in terms, we were just like, let's live on savings and go for it. You know, we're and no kids and we're living below our means. Yep. But he said to me, and it was a really stressful time for us emotionally and financially. You just like, we don't, if we don't change something, we're going to get a divorce. And, and that was really, you don't use that word lightly, right? Yeah. I mean, some people may, but we never did. We were married a few years. And so that was very like, whoop, you know, yeah. I, and, and we didn't like come together to go a business. You know, there was a lot of other right. reasons that brought us together. So, you know, I, I over the years, you start to say, like, what's working and what's not? And how do we do this dance together? And so now we in a place, especially now writing a book together. Right. That's a whole other great <laughs> material that we have now. <laughs> yeah. Literally in real time. But, you know, you start to say, what are what are our roles? You know, what do we each own? And um, let's let's really be clear on that, staying in each other's lanes and really, really, really appreciating and leveraging each other's strengths and letting the rest go. Um, and that, you know, and then we really try to separate and, and have time to talk about, I mean, we schedule everything. So we schedule time to talk about our business, businesses and, and our investments and what's working, mm -hmm. what's not, what do we need yeah. to tweak. And then we have like date nights and we really, and, and we've actually incorporated morning dates where we do like, we read a scripture and we read a, um, you know, just read something about our being, you know, in relationship I and we have it over it. a cup of coffee. I have young children. So, you know, it, it, it's hard to have that moment as soon as they get home from school. So um, that's been really helpful, but we keep working on our, our relationship and we keep um, creating the time in our schedules to do that. That's really, really important. Oh, I agree. Liz, that is so much wisdom. Great tips. I mean, this is real life. I mean, investing, really anything that we do in life is tough, but investing is. And when you're working with your spouse, taking that time to do the morning dates and go on the dates, but also, you know, also time to, you know, talk about business and what we're going to do and, you know, who makes the decisions and all yeah. that. So just thanks for sharing. I absolutely love that. And so y'all have been through some things together since you started. Um, because you did start in 2004, 
And then you were investing through 2008 recession. Um, so do these challenges look anything like those challenges that we're facing today or is it completely different? You know, I think there it is it is completely different. I think even um even COVID, you know, where where you know what what happened there was just mm-hmm. this crazy like no one expected, you know, yeah. what what happened with real estate and how hot the market got yeah. or, or or maybe some people did, but it was very interesting to see it un- unfold. I think when we when we started scaling our multifamily business, it was still kind of like a secret, if you will, not a secret, but there was, there was competition and then COVID happened. Um, and it's only increased, you know, in terms of crowdedness, especially in the multifamily space, small, large, we look for larger buildings, um, you know, value add, you know, class C type of buildings in, in up and coming areas or more like sub markets or mm-hmm. tertiary markets, if you will. Um, you know, that, that became just more competitive. So the, the com- competition in, in a sense has only increased over the years yeah. in terms of like interest rates and um, those sort of things. I mean, yeah, that, that does impact it. Right. Especially if you're getting into buildings with floating debt um, and it's not fixed, that could really hurt you right now. Yeah. You know, especially if you've underwritten um, our last project was close to 670 units. So, you know, if you're underwriting against and one little percentage point, you know, that makes a big yeah, difference. It makes a big absolutely. difference on any building, but it makes a big difference when you're when you're underwriting those sort of things. So, you know, I, I, I've seen we've seen those shifts, but I, I think there's always there's always an opportunity to create like where is there like a niche niche within the niche? Right. Mm-hmm. So if it's large multifamily, you know, where is there a market that maybe that's uh, an opportunity that, you know, not as it's not as crowded. And so you're always constantly looking at, you know, where, where are the eyeballs not seeing opportunity? And I think that's still the case right now. Um, So yeah, in terms of like kind of economic conditions, we were also heavily invested uh, doing a lot of flips at the time in 08. we're, We're not actively doing any flips right now. People could be doing well with flips. I, I you know, it's just it's a, it was a business that we did sporadically, and unless you had a really, we have a really good partner, um, you know, running timelines and and running the budget and really managing those key things and buying it at the right price and then selling at the right price. You know, flips are are not as forgiving as rentals in a sense, mm-hmm. unless you've built a business around it and you know what you're doing and you're like. Yeah. You're, but we, him and I, in a lot of ways, um, learned over over the handful of deals we did for with flips. We were like. We need a partner who could be running these projects to the T because that's what you need yeah. to do. So, yeah, I mean, economic conditions always change, right? And, and mm-hmm. but you need to see it, get have a sense of where where can I thrive? Yeah, and also where can I protect my wealth? Like, yeah. I don't think I was thinking about protecting our wealth in 08. Like, I was just, we were just like, what can we cons- as much as we can consume? Yeah. So now it's like, how do we best protect what we yep. have, right? Yeah, what we're invested in, um, and make make a, a return on our our money, of course. But yeah. You know, not that we're not growing or growing our business or growing our our, our wealth. Still, I, I'm not saying we're we're, we're there. Um, I think there's always opportunity to grow, but I I have a different. I mean, you know, a different, different person, right? I yeah. agree. I think that we evolve as investors. I mean, in the beginning, I think that um, we have to start out with what I call hustle and grind. You got to do the harder things. You got to go out and and what you just talked about, door knocking, getting those deals, finding those deals yourself, learning, flipping all of those properties, which is, I love flipping. I mean, it's a great payoff, but it's also work. And then you get to a place where you can become more of a passive investor and you're not having to do all of that hustle and grind. And so I think that is the goal for all of us, that we have to be willing, unless we just have a bunch of money when we start, 
And that's awesome if you do, but most, you know, the average, especially woman does not have that. And so we have to start out being willing to do the harder things, do what other people are not willing to do. And then we start building that wealth. And then we get in a position to where we don't have to do the really hard things anymore. And that's a beautiful place to be. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, how do you do that as, as soon as you can? I mean, I think that yeah. the, the, the hustle is important, right? And, and it's, it's, it kind of, the, you know, helps you become who you are. And then you start to say, I'm, I'm alone in this business. You know, I'm not going to be amazing at everything, especially this is a very, um, there's a lot of details, you know I mean? It's not, it's not rocket science, but it, it, there are a lot of pieces to the puzzle, whether it's on the financing side, whether it's the underwriting side or analyzing side, or whether it's the, for, you know, selling, selling the actual property and, and, and repositioning it. Um, there's a lot of moving parts. So you, you, you can't be like a rock star at all, at of, all of it. And, and I, I think agree. the sooner, the sooner people, especially women get right that, that where their, their core geniuses and what they bring to the table, uh, is it a skill? Is it, is it time? Mm -hmm. Is it money? Um, you know, and what do they even want? You know, yes. what their lifestyle is because they Absolutely. might be able to, get there with, with, with a couple passive investments, uh, mm -hmm. or maybe they need to do it more actively. Right. It, yeah. it, it just depends. Yeah. And, um, finding a partner, if we don't have a spouse that is there for us, yeah. then finding some business partners, finding it, you know, even another woman or whatever that you can, I love that. I love yeah. sharing responsibility, Absolutely. having the things to bounce off of. But the most important thing is I have only got my set of skills. So I need to partner with others that have a different set of skills and we're just going to yep. go much further, much quicker. Yeah. And I, you know, one of the things I always recommend, so, so during my consulting time, I was a management consulting. So I had an expertise in a personality assessment. It was called the, um, it's called the predictive index. So I see the lens of people through different personality traits differently than like maybe an average person, just because I literally ran hundreds and hundreds of these tools for companies and, and, and you ah. know, uh, leaders. So for a decade, that's what I was doing as we were growing our company. And then, yeah. Uh, so my, my point saying that is a really good tip for people is like, you know, there's a lot of specifics of personality, but, you know, someone more task centered or people centered uh, is, is really a helpful, like, you know, almost like a option, like where if you're someone who's more people oriented and, and relationship driven, that's one thing. And that's one side of the business. And then there's more operational person, more task oriented, mm -hmm. more technical, you know, it's really good to partner with that other person. Yes. And, and, and also the part of being a risk taker or a cautious person. Uh -huh. uh, if you're more of a risk taker, more of a creative person, more out of the box, that's awesome. But you know, you're going to, you're probably going to get into stuff that you shouldn't. In a while. <laughs> Yeah. So you want to find that compliment. And, and, and it, what's, what's fascinating, Tressa, is that I'm actually very similar to my husband. And so we saw a gap on our team as we grew uh, in terms of partnerships. We really saw a gap from an ops perspective. And we really needed that yeah. person who was much more operationally focused. Yeah. And, um, and then when I met Andressa, who's, who's another, who was a business partner in real estate and now with Invest Her, it was like her and I are very different, very complementary, very yeah, different. And so- you know, we don't always attract two different people, but we need them and they need yes, us. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I so agree. Well, okay. So I want to, you also mentioned earlier that you and your husband are, are in multifamily. That's your, your thing now. So how did you decide that that was the strategy for, for the two of you? 
You know, we we got kind of involved, like I said, in different lots of different niches and in and, and a little bit all over the place where we were flipping and um, the market that we were in at the time. So we were really focused on New Jersey and we still have properties in New Jersey. But most of our first many years, we were doing all deals in a very specific, um, you know, in Trenton, New Jersey, actually. So it was an up and coming yeah. city, you know, what have you. And, and most of the properties there are older homes, older properties, single family row homes. So, and there's a bunch of small multis. So some people are in markets, they're looking at that. There's just, they can't, they can't find like a multifamily, right? Or, or mm -hmm. there's just not in the market we were in. And we really knew that we were, you know, and, and really focused on, there was a ton of more dilapidated multis. So yeah. we really kind of got involved in that niche in particular, because one, there were so many of them. And, and two, um, you know, as you start to get into single family homes versus multifamily, you know, multifamily has, again, I can go bat to bat with people, but has a lot more advantages in the sense of, you know, now there's four units, right? So if I have a vacancy, you know, 75% of my building is, is occupied versus 0%. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, single family has its advantages where some people have like a single family portfolio and, and you know, yeah. it does very well, maybe more in like the new construction or you can see those strategies work. We were in older, older homes, older properties, and there was always something wrong with them. And, you know, it just seemed like our single family rentals always were tougher to manage in some ways. Although, you know, that's sometimes it's one tenant. So it's, and, yeah. and you can argue, argue that it's actually easier <laughs> versus four tenants. Uh -huh. But, um, but multifamily really allows for so many, you know, you're hedging your risk and you're really mitigating your risk, um, especially as people are, you know, looking for, uh, good quality housing and workforce housing and, and properties that are safe and, and nicely done. Yeah. We did a good job on our renovations, but yeah, we got involved in like rentals and from a long, we were always involved in long-term rentals and mm -hmm. uh, that was our niche. And then really zoned in on multis and then said, where can we really take this? And then we started to look at other, you know, geographies. We were managing everything ourselves. And then we started to manage, uh, started to look out elsewhere from, from New Jersey for a lot of reasons about six, seven ish years ago. And then, really scaled our portfolio when we bought outside the state of New yes. Jersey. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. So in those early days, how did, how were you funding all these deals? Yeah. So we, um, <laughs> I tell you one of the, one of the things that my, God bless them, but my parents, uh, both sets of parents were, you know, you know, middle-class families. Uh -huh. They both had their homes free and clear though. You know, and they were pretty moderate homes. They weren't like, you know, but this was like, you got to remember at 2006, before the yeah. market crash, banks were doing things that they're not yes. doing anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so um, legally, of course, but yeah. we we um, got a line of credit. Um, my my parents both uh, kind of loaned us money through, through their homes, oh, the, the equity that was in their homes um, to get get us going and get our start. Our first, our first property we bought, my father loaned us money, $30,000. And like both of our sets of parents were like middle class. They, they neither of them came from a lot of money, so it wasn't like they were like, "Oh, whatever happens with our with the homes that we're we're loaning you." I mean, it was like a big deal. Like this yeah, is their one that's home. A, that's, yeah, yeah. You got to be successful for. <laughs> so, um, so again, it wasn't like we came from these two homes, yeah. you know, two two families that had had just money to lose. Um, and then that kind of got our start with some properties, and then we had we always kind of creatively financed a lot of deals. And then you start to, you know, make some money here in a flip and then you redeploy it. Yeah. Um, that happened. And then we really got focus of like, you know, we started to get, you know, we had about 30, 40 units at the time and uh, 2010. 
And we sort of say like, let's, let's, you know, let's start to, I don't know how raising private money, like my husband actually wrote a book, raising private capital. There wasn't even like a term, but we did know in terms of creative finance, like how can we partner with others? Yeah. And well, so we started learning sense. about private lending yeah. and, and equity and, and really grew our business by those two formats. Like whether someone lent us the money for maybe a fix and flip or a new construction, we pull their money out and obviously pay them back the loan or on the equity side. And, and you have to be careful of that because we're syndicators now where they're passive, right? So there's obviously you file at the SEC and you have to be very careful um, making sure you file correctly. Early on, we had active partners. So we were active, they were active. And that's the key uh, when you're working on, on both from an equity side. So they might put money in, we didn't, we didn't put money in, but um, they were also active in other ways. So that's really how we grew our business is with, with, you know, active partners and, and, okay. you know, with, with other people's money. Yeah. Okay. So now I read where you were able to turn $30,000 into this empire that you have now. Was that first 30,000? Was that the loan from one yes. of your parents? Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. I mean, yeah, you know, it's funny, right? Because my, I think about it now and I'm so, I'm so grateful. You know, you, you really become very present to, you know, my, and my parents were very, they believed in me and they believed yeah. in us. And I think the work ethic, I, I, I didn't learn business strategies, but I learned the value of money. I learned mm -hmm. the value of hard work. Um, I learned the value of saving, you know, mm -hmm. and, and so I learned a lot of that. My parents, you know, our, our backgrounds, you know, from, from Italian and you learn a lot of different things from like family and, and, and your word is your honor and just a yeah. lot of things you, you start to get from your, your upbringing and your traditions. And I got all that passed along. And so what came along with that 30,000 was, was the kind of trust and faith that my, my, my father and mother had in us. And, mm -hmm. and again, it was a big deal. And I felt yeah, very grateful. You don't want to let them down. Yeah. Uh, and it, we, we did it right though, Tressa. And I always say, if you're going to, and my, my mother-in-law loans us money, uh, has loaned us money and we paid her back. She's a, she's a partner in different things. So are my, my parents. So um, the key though, is that you treat, you treat your family as though they're a, any other private investor, yeah. whether an equity partner or a lender, you do not do anything on a handshake. Everything yep. is in writing. Um, and you also treat them and give them the updates as though you would with anyone. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, that's really important. Uh, and so, yeah, it was about a 6% interest on the 30,000. So um, it was a great interest. <laughs> it's like, this I is, just love this is that. lovely. Yeah. So we paid, paid him back in full. Um, we, we ended up uh, selling that property and moving to New Jersey and paid him back that loan. Uh, but yeah, it, it, you do. I think that's the most important thing because you can create real win-wins for people, you know, that's and I think right. real yeah. estate is an amazing vehicle right now. And it, it, um, you can create a win for someone in your family and, and for you, but you can't take that lightly, right? You, you know, yeah. one is protecting their money and two is making them money. Absolutely. But both are important. They, yeah. they, don't, they want their principal back. You know? 100%. Yeah, that's awesome. If they're, yeah. Um, and if they're willing to give it, then my goodness, it should be so important to us. Um, priority to making sure that we pay back any money that we ever borrow. That, that's so important. And if there's oh. a circumstance, like I remember a project, we really got our teeth knocked in on a couple properties uh, 2013 ish. And, and it was a couple of mixed use properties, like pretty big mixed use, mm -hmm. 4,000 square feet um, in, in, in Trenton. And I remember just like, you know, we got money stolen from us. Contractor walked away, two contractors walked away, uh, you know, the budget went over, the timeline yep. went over. And when those things happen, 
your costs go over. Yeah. And so you refinance the property, you get it done. But, you know, we we owed and my father had lent us, I think he lent us 50000 on that property and had expected to get his 50000 back plus plus interest. Right. Um, and we couldn't. We refinanced. We were able to like kind of, you know, get the project complete. Uh, but we had almost, I think it was around 25000 we still owed him because we couldn't make it whole with, with the refinance. So we put uh -huh. a, a note together, I mean, an agreement together of what that looked like, what, what interest was occurring mm -hmm. over the time and, you know, got him paid back with all the interest that he was owed uh, within probably about a year. But you know, that, that's, that stuff happens. Yes, and, it does. And, and yeah. it happens to, could be happening to your, someone in your family or it happens to someone who's not your family. Yeah. And the key is communication. Yep. And the key is doing whatever it takes um, to be upfront, say, listen, this is what happened. And yep. this is how I'm going to make it right. Exactly. People don't want your problems, but they want your solutions. Yes. I love it. I love so it. We've I worked with it. a lot of investors. We have over 400 investors now. So the chances of something happening on a project that's is going to happen. It's going to happen. Yep. And so. it's how you handle it. Or, you know, do you do the right thing? And you're, just, and you're saying, I agree with all of it. Um, communication, honesty, and most people will give us grace. And as long as they know they're going to eventually get their money back. Correct. You know, what you see a lot of times in this business is people, they ghost when they don't know what to do. And, you know, that's the worst thing that we could do. That's going to ruin our reputation. Uh, it's also going to ruin our confidence in ourselves. And so. it really doesn't solve anything. Like no. I think like any, any problem that I've never dealt with, like it doesn't go away. No, it does not. It, probably <laughs> it never goes bigger. away. If you think right. about anything we're all working through, it's like, yeah. you know, it's just, it's just going to come back, you know? So, yeah. Well, I know that, you know, of course I have the women's real estate investor network. You have invest her. So let's talk a minute. How would you advise women to start investing in our current market right now? You know, I, I'm a, I'm a, big fan of, of women getting really clear on where they want to be first. Mm -hmm. So, so in other words, so many people, and I'm sure you get it too, Tressa, like women are concerned about what market they should invest in. What asset class should they invest in? Should I buy short-term rental? Should I buy a long-term rental? Should I flip properties? And that can get very overwhelming. And I think those are really important questions. They're just not the first few questions. So I always advise, you know, any, any, any woman and, and any person for that matter to really get clear on like, where do they want to be in five years? Mm -hmm. Like more importantly, like what, what does that look like? What's that lifestyle? What kind of money goals do they have? Yeah. Um, that's always front and center to me. The second thing is then to say, okay, where can, what do I bring to the table? You know, like what, what are my skills? What are my experiences? Um, what is my personality? Like, what do I love to do? Like what has come so easily to me that I don't even think is great but it's really hard for other people Yeah, to really get clear on that before you start talking about asset classes and ge geography and markets and what's the right strategy in today's market. Those are really important ones. I'd say thirdly, though, when we get down to like brass tactics of real, real estate investing, I, I would say, you know, there's always a time to actively invest and there's always a time to passively invest. So if you have money on the side and deals are not penciling out, you know, and you can't you can't make a deal work. Number one, how can you look at it differently or creatively? I had a woman on our pod, on our podcast a couple of weeks ago, and she said, oh, "I bought a duplex off the MLS." I said, "That's unheard of." She's like, mm -hmm. "Yeah, because I didn't use it as a duplex. I use it as a a luxury short term rental, oh. and the amount of revenue that I was able to get from that one property was five times what a duplex would get." Yeah. So I think I think that type of creativity in mm -hmm. today's 
conversions and like, how can I look at this property differently yep. is, is absolutely necessary, D- even more so than when I started. I mean, honestly, I, agree. I think it's, it's everything now. And I think the amount of opportunity to convert uh, commercial to residential, there's a ho- housing shortage everywhere. Everywhere there's a need for housing in terms of like good quality, affordable housing. Yep. There'll always be a need for that. How do you yes, solve that there, problem? Absolutely. So that would be my next thought. And then you can start to say, okay, how can I not do this alone? And that's where community is so important, mm-hmm. which I know you you believe in too, um, because you can't know it all. So have that community, have mm-hmm. multiple communities that you can tap into and get, get the resources, get yes. the ideas and not do it alone. Yes, yes, yes. I agree. I agree. Okay. So um, how can our listeners hold themselves accountable for success if they are, especially investing solo? It's hard to hold yourself accountable, I think. I, I I think the key is to create habits. I think that always helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think scheduling yourself, yep. putting yourself in your schedule, uh, boundaries is critical. Saying no. Mm-hmm. Everyone, you know, a lot of women just say yes to everything. Yeah. I, me included. It's something I'm working on. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, I think it's something we, we, we really need more of. So I think holding yourself accountable in the sense of like, what are you scheduling? And are you honoring your word to yes. yourself is, is a great place to start. I also believe, though, it's really, really helpful to have people who can see your blind spots when you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why we're not on the earth by ourselves. I you know, agree. Yeah. You know, we're with others for that reason. Um, and I I don't like it all the time when I get called out or I, you know, <laughs> someone that's close to me says something, hey, you know, but then I reflect. I'm like, they're right. And I really yeah. need to do better here. Yeah. And I think that's really important. Um, and have grace with yourself, you know? So I agree. We, you had just mentioned community and I think community is so important because we weren't meant to do this alone. And it's, it's hard enough when you have people, when you're just out there by yourself, we need somebody to bounce our ideas off of somebody to encourage us when we're discouraged and somebody to help us to see something in a different light. You know, when we are in a situation where we just don't see how we can make it work and somebody else can say, hey, have you thought about making this a boutique short term rental? Um, Just mentors and community that can help you um, in all of those areas. Because we're not going to, I think women have become really, we're, they're re- I think we're, we're really good at doing things ourselves, like pounding it out and doing it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, I think women are masters at that in a lot yeah. of ways. And I, and I don't, I don't think that's going to get us what we really want on our own terms and yeah. the lifestyle that we actually yearn for, which is peace yeah. and, and balance and, 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 you know, doing things, you know, on your own accord and having the time and the finances to do whatever you want to do when you yeah. want to do it. Yes, most people, yes, yes. most people get into this business for that reason. I agree. So, you know, you, it's tough to do that by yourself. Uh, yes, <laughs> it it is. Is. <laughs> so do you think that women make good investors? Yeah. Statistically women outperform yeah. uh, men in terms of investing. What, I what, what, what I've seen. And, and I think women make amazing investors. I think, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different statistics you see, but women, you know, from an outperforming perspective, I think there's a cautiousness. Mm-hmm. Um, and while women may t- kind of don't, might take longer to make that decision or kind of jump into something again, totally being general, some women jump in really quickly, yeah. but statistically, and just, you know, in general, usually it's the right decision. It's usually the right yep. investment. So yep. um, I think women make amazing investors. And yeah. I think the need for us to uh, elevate our, our financial house and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and to really not just 
elevate, but to really think about, you know, how do I set myself up and the next generation up? Yeah. Um, it's the number one reason women invest in real estate is, yeah. is, is for generational wealth, yeah. not to buy a Ferrari. I mean, yeah. Buy a Ferrari, that's nice. Yep. Things are great. And I'm all about if something brings you joy, go for it. But it's usually not the biggest reason women are, are looking to buy, you know, assets and, and invest. It's, it's to take care of the next generation. So. I agree. I so agree. And I also think one reason that women make fantastic um, investors is because I think women are about creating those win-wins. We're less likely to just think about ourselves, but we're thinking about all the other people that we're in business with. And those are what continue those long-term relationships. Correct. And that's really key right now. I mean, you can Google how to flip a house, but to be able to jump into a community and in a, in a, in a group or somewhere that they have your back to say, hey, who do you know here? Who do you know mm -hmm. there? That's, you can't Google that. I mean, you can get <laughs> it on the yellow pages, but right. You can't Google like amazing resources that Tressa can connect you to or myself yeah, or other people that absolutely. have been in this business. Like that's a value. That's a mm -hmm. value. So, um, so what has inspired you to focus on women empowerment with real estate invest her? Sure. So, you know, at, at the same time I had my first kiddo who's now nine, um, you know, I left my corporate work and I was working with my husband and I have to tell you in that journey, which I know a lot of women can relate to, you start to have, you know, kiddos. And I was like traveling all the time as a consultant, helping, helping in our business, working in our business investments. And I had my son and I left that work and I really lost myself. I was oh. like, this is like, I love yeah. being home with a newborn and I love this little, little kid who yeah. I waited a long time to have, but is this it, you know? And, and yeah. you start to, ha especially for someone who's, you know, I retiled our bat, our bathroom, our kitchen. <laughs> I mean, I, I got involved with some funky things, Tressa. So I, you know, I was trying to find myself and I, I love working with my husband, but I also came from consulting in my own business. So I really wanted to do something again on my own. And that gave me identity, gave me a purpose mm -hmm. beyond mom, wife, right? Oh. And, and all the other things. So at the same time, I simultaneously met Andressa and we started to become really good friends. Uh, we started flipping properties together and doing a bunch of deals together. And when we get together, we'd be like at a Panera or we go to like a meetup or we go to like conferences. And at that time, especially in like 08, ish. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Not 08. That's a long time ago. 2018, <laughs> that, that time frame, we go to conferences. There's like one woman speaking and she's usually on a panel. Yeah. She's usually, she's usually talking about like being a woman in investing. Right. And yeah. then, and, and there's a, there's a conversation that needs to be had, right. Because women bring so many new, unique things, but I wanted to see her talking about raising money or doing deals or negotiating or whatever her thing was, right. Whatever yep. her expertise was. Yep. So it, there was just a miss there. And, and I'm like, there's got, we, they're like, we're like, there's got to be more women in this business. We yes. didn't know them, but we knew that there were out there. And mm -hmm. so we said, let's, let's start a podcast. And it was five years ago. Let's just interview just women. I was even told from a good friend of mine that we'd run out of women to interview. <laughs> There's not that many investors. It's not very big within women. And we would be really struggling for guests. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm not struggling for guests. Exactly. And, right. So 300, what, episodes later. And um, that that really gave us our, our go with the podcast. And then we started, you know, a Facebook community and we have 55 yeah. meetups across the country where we can uh, come together and we have our conference coming up in May and, you know, just ways for women to build community, not do it yeah. alone. Yeah. And uh, and we also have our our, our, our our membership, which women ask, I'm sure you get, Tressa, like, what do you guys do? What, what else can you do to help me? And so yeah. we de developed a, a membership mastermind uh, group for women that are a little more experienced. So, 
Yeah, it's it's interesting, right? We we created it out of a need and we weren't yeah. sure if there was a need, but yeah, you know, five years later there is a need. Absolutely. It's Absolutely. very um, exciting to be part of. Uh well, I love what you are doing for women. I love it, love it, love it. It's changing, same. it's changing their lives. Yeah, and same their children's for you. lives and all of that. So absolutely love it. Okay. I want you to talk about your book. Uh tell tell everyone where they can get this book. Oh, sure. The the one we've published, the the only one in the room. Yeah. yeah so yeah. we we published a book about two years ago. Ashley Wilson is uh the the person who've com who compiled everything. She's she's like the author of it and investor published it. And she um she's a syndicator, she's a multifamily investor, she's she's got some great things going. Um, but what we did is we highlighted 20 women's stories and it's their journeys uh from all different types of investing, all different challenges that they had uh from you know homelessness to to mental health to you know fill in the blank of all the things wow. that women deal with and, and go through and how they kind of overcame those obstacles to create to create the life that that they have and and to continue to create it so uh but yeah it's called the only woman in the room only and so we're you know, shifting Love that it. concept of of you know getting to these meetings and these conferences and not being the only woman in the room yes uh so Yes. Okay. And then when does the book that you and your husband are writing, have you got a date that that's releasing yet? Are y'all still? Yes, we're, we're, um, we're pushing very, very hard and forward to uh, release it this fall. Uh, so we're going to be uh, releasing it this fall through, through investor as well. So yeah, I'm really excited about it. It's, it's, it's become like a little bit of a, um, I feel like as I write, I, I, I'm getting like, it's therapy. That book again. It's, it's, it's going to be called Investing in Us. Investing in Us. Oh, love that little play on words. Love yeah. It, love and, it. and really what it's going to be all about is whether you're um, whether you're you're growing your, your portfolio or, or getting involved in real estate investing. It's going to be for that couple who really wants to set themselves up for success. So it's going to be much more like a workbook. It's going to be like very, very. Yeah. How can you not have that as a workbook yes. <laughs> um, to have the conversations? And obviously, we'll be weaving in our story in real estate as the way we've worked together, but I think it's going to be very applicable for everyone. Oh, who well, works I definitely will be watching for that. Thank you. Well, Liz, we always like to ask our guests for three takeaways. So what three things would you advise an investor or an entrepreneur who is looking to be brave and grow, or is perhaps feeling stuck where they are? Okay. Number one, I would say um, you schedule where, what you value. So if you want to shift something in your life, make sure you're scheduling it oh. and you're putting you on that schedule. So that's number one. Yep. Um, number two, I'd say the power of focus. Don't get distracted. Ask yourself, where have I had success? And ask yourself, how can I repeat that success without my, beyond just myself, right? So maybe that's a partner, a team, um, but, but really get, really get, do the work to figure out where you've had success. If you're brand new, say, where have I had success in my life? Yeah. <laughs> We've all had success. It may not be in real estate, but we all have had success we can build upon that will give you insight into your skills, your experience, your personality. Um, thirdly is don't give up. It seems so cliche, but honestly, if you keep at it and don't give up, like really just keep tweaking and shifting. Okay, that didn't work. Mm -hmm. That's another way that doesn't work. What can I learn? How can I do this differently? I, you you will get there. You will get there eventually. We yeah. never, we didn't get to our goals in our, you know, I think five years we wanted to, you know, be making all this money. Yeah. Na naiveness, you know? Yes. We, you know, you get to your goals when you're supposed to get to Absolutely. them. Absolutely. But it doesn't Absolutely. mean that it's because it, you haven't achieved it doesn't mean you're not going to. Yeah. So. I think so many people um, think that are going to 
you know, be driving the Lamborghinis and living in the mansion five years. And that's just not the reality of it, but it's still the best reality ever. You know, the truth is still great, but, um, Lamborghinis and mansions in five years is, is very, very few and far between for any investor. And hit a single, you know, it's all about hitting that single. It's about doing a deal. It's not about the money you'll make. It's about the experience so you can do it much faster. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, my takeaway that I'm really, the thing that really stuck out to me today that I know I need to work on myself is just that focus, staying in focus. So I thank you for that. Thank you. So as we love, uh, I would love to have you issue a challenge to our listeners. What's one thing mm. our listeners can take action on this week? I would say start your brag list. And what Ooh. do I mean by that is post it within your community, post it wherever you need to post it, but start to come from up like women really need to own what they're great at Ooh. and women really need to be able to brag about themselves that helps with negotiation that helps about creative financing that helps about getting deals. Like we can't undersell ourselves. And Mm -hmm. and I I think we're at a point that it's not serving anyone to do that. And I think a lot of women are under the radar and they undersell themselves. So um, I would say like create your brag list and that might be skills that might be experiences that might be what you just do like amazingly well. And it also is a way to maybe potentially learn more about one another and potentially you know, build partnerships, get to know people, network with each other. Um, I would create your brag list. And if you are not sure, I would give you a challenge to really ask at least one person in your, your, your inner circle, someone that trusts, likes, and respects you. We Mm -hmm. all have those people. Yep. You know, what do I do? Great. What do you think is like the reason I'm on this earth? There are people who can answer that question for you. Cause I think we undersell ourselves so much that we're not like, I don't even know what I do well. Some days I'm like, I don't even know what I do well. Yeah. So we need that. We need that mirror and people can be that mirror for you. So I would challenge you to write your brag list, post it somewhere public. And if you're not sure, ask one person in your network what you do exceptionally well. Yes. I love that. I love that. So we are giving you permission to shout yourself out, yes. uh, brag about something because you are amazing. You have gifts, you have abilities that the world needs to hear about. So don't be ashamed of them. I love it. Let's brag ladies. This, yeah. is, your, this is your time. Liz, this has been amazing. And I certainly thank you for coming on the podcast today. Tressa, thank you so much. Well, yeah. Tell our listeners how they can connect with you. Sure. So um, the uh, our website, the real estate invest her her.com is where um, a lot of, you know, everything we have going on there is and just, you know, free resources, free events we're doing, um, all that good stuff. Um, and yeah, please reach out. We have a Facebook community and I'm, I'm very active in there. Uh, I tend to be very active there in terms of just support and, you know, hearing I what people it. are needing and wanting. So I think it's the Invest Her community, H-E-R, in, in Facebook, too, is our, okay. free, our free community. All right, ladies, reach out. Well, if you heard something that helped you today, please share this podcast with a friend. Be sure to hit follow, leave us an honest review, and, and let us just know that we're making an impact and helping reach more women. So thank you for listening today. On behalf of the Women's Real Estate Investors Network, I'm Teresa Todd, encouraging you to be brave and dream big.